With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am very skeptical, not only based on what Billy Epler said, but based on the moves that they made that the Mets are infusing young talent. Like, first of all, there's no one that can do it bullpen-wise, so that's not an option. Uh, David David Peterson out of the bullpen, you don't love it, but I think that's an option for more down the road. The Mets have a couple of doubleheaders they still have to play. The Braves this weekend, the Phillies in a couple of weeks. I don't think they're calling up Vientos based on the trade for Darren Ruff. And I don't think they're calling up Francisco Alvarez, even though they were talking about adding a catcher. Because I guess the question I'd ask is, if they call up Francisco Alvarez, where is he playing? Is he catching? Are the New York Mets with a veteran staff of Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, are they going to allow someone that young and inexperienced to be their catcher? I don't believe they will. Whenever we talked about Alvarez Hoff in the past, I mentioned him as a DH. Is he going to DH? Not right now, not with the Vogel back platoon with Ruff. So Pat Ragazzo reported that the other day. Hey, they could pivot towards Alvarez. And I I don't see it, man. I mean, maybe in September, maybe if guys are really, really struggling. But the way they're built right now, I don't see how that works. No, and, and, and I was rushing Alvarez for the longest time. And I feel like now it's like too late for it. Like I'm like... I don't want to see him this month. And I don't really want to see him in September either because you're in a pennant race. It's going to be a nail-biter. I, I, I definitely believe it now because I, not, nothing that the Mets did propelled them to be a dominant team the rest of the way. Their dominance is going to be consistent however they've been the past two months. It's what they're going to be like the rest of the year. It's going to be back and forth, and we're going to have these ups and downs, and it's going to be crazy. So I don't really want to see them in a pennant race because if something goes wrong – we're going to blame them. I don't really well, want that. Look, if there was a, a, a need for them, I'd say, sure, why not? Because an infusion of youth can work. And we mentioned what Michael Harris has helped do for Atlanta. And a month ago, it made more sense. But I think with what they've added to this roster, it just doesn't fit. It just, I mean, I can't see as bad offensively as Tomas Nito may be and James McCann may be. I've always run skeptical that the Mets were going to call up Alvarez to catch a lot. To, to say, okay, not only are we looking for offense from you, and certainly he'd be an offensive upgrade by accident over Nito and McCann. I just have always been skeptical they would trust that guy behind the plate. And so as we enter the middle part of August, and really this pennant race, nine games coming up with Atlanta, which is going to feel like the end-all be-all, I, I can't see him being a big part of it. Now, I did tweet out earlier, Hey, Mets fans, what would you think of the trade deadline? Because <laughs> I've avoided Twitter 
for the last few hours. I was a little bit behind on the Met game when I got home. I did catch up. That's why we were able to record this right after the game. So my impression, based on being on the air and checking Twitter at that time, was that most Met fans are very upset about this trade deadline. I think I've expressed a view that shows some disappointment, but has also defended some of the other things. So I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't really know. Um, But I'm curious to hear a nice little sample of tweets, and we can respond to some of them or just laugh about them. So, Pete, what are the people saying? All right, we'll start with Louis528. I'm going to clean this up a little bit, but effing ridiculous. BS. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's see. Ant Fowler says, uh, not a fan. Uh, let's see. From B at B Foddy twenty one. Last season, the wheels fell off after the trade deadline. Are you concerned this team will do same? Uh no, I'm not because we've seen this team play April, May, June, July, four months of baseball, and what they've done remarkably well is stay consistent. I think Gary Cohn mentioned this on the broadcast today. Their worst month was June. They were right around 500. You know, that's not the wheels falling off necessarily. And I think when you look at this team and you look at this roster, especially with Jake healthy, assuming he remains healthy, and I know that's a big assumption to make, I believe the starting pitching is too good. I mean, look, just look at the last couple of turns in this rotation with Scherzer, with Bassett, with Carrasco pitching so much better, with Walker battling to start the second half, and obviously now with Jake, I think their pitching is too good for that to happen I don't believe this locker room is going to react negatively to the trade deadline I'm sure they like JD Davis but I don't think that's going to cause the room to fall apart and I do think sometimes there are teams that need to see their GM show faith in them by making a trade I remember Sandy Alderson made that comment about the 2015 team he said we needed to show the room hey you've done a decent job now we're going to help you put over the top I don't know if these guys think that way. They're on pace to win 100 games. Their attitude could be, yeah, we're good. We don't need a hero. We don't need a savior. The 2015 Mets needed a hero, and they needed a savior. They needed somebody to save that lineup. That's why Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe were treated like saviors, because the lineup was so bad. The Mets never needed saving. That's not what I think they needed going into this trade deadline. So, no, I don't think the wheels are going to fall off. Well, the protection thing, I think, is a little bit, uh, uh, for Alonzo in particular, is a little bit of an issue. But we'll we'll agree to disagree. Uh, At PrezNYC621, terrible. No sense of urgency. Uh, At Lil Sweet Lynn, I don't want excuses, Evan. This should have been a fabulous day, punctuated by Jake's return. But Epler's lack of urgency to go for the jugular at this deadline cast a black cloud over it all. They needed a friggin' power bat. I thought the relief market was robust. Hey, the robust thing he's going to have to eat, man. There's no doubt. I guess what I wonder about with the power bat is who? Who was the guy that you looked at and said, that's the guy? Like, J.D. Martinez, I was still high on, despite the fact he hasn't had a great year. I mean, guys had nine home runs this season. He, you know, Daniel Vogelbach has more home runs than J.D. Martinez. Let's be honest. I was still in for trading for him because of his splits against righties, uh, splits against lefties. And I even said to you, you know what? I could see JD getting real hot and giving you a monster second half based on his track record. But the Red Sox didn't trade him. So was Wilson Contreras the power back? Yeah, I was warming up to that idea. But the Cubs didn't trade him. 
So when we talk about the bat, the guy to get protection of Pete Alonso, which, yes, I think there's value in, I think it comes back to, okay, who was that guy? You know, I, I, I stand by this too, by the way. They never had a shot at Josh Bell. You didn't think they had a shot at Juan Soto. No kidding. They had no shot at Josh Bell. Mike Rizzo was never going to trade him to the Mets. So for anybody who's pissed off at me forever saying that, dude, it was reality. He never wanted to give the Mets anything. So Josh Bell would have been a great fit for this team. You think there's a chance in hell that Mike Rizzo was making that deal with the, for, for, for whomever? Uh, you would have got those same prospects for Juan Soto. It's Juan Soto. So, yes, ideally a big bat to protect Pete Alonso, a guy I don't have to platoon because he's so good against righties and so good against lefties. Who was that guy? The no, robust it, pitching market's the problem, though, Pete. That's the line. I'm going to agree with everybody who brings it up. Yeah, no, the only thing is there were people that were moved, and me seeing Contreras not move and some other people not move made me question how, how much chicken Billy Epler was playing. That's my problem. I feel like you, at some point in time, if you are desperate enough, you make a move. You just say, okay. Were the Mets desperate? Where, I think they should have been. They should have been. For who? They should have. For who? I would have gone Contreras. If you told me Mauricio was the guy they had to get for Contreras, I said, okay, fine. Because realistically, where is he playing? Yeah, I I think. Well, I'm not worried about that. Because, look, how many kids play shortstop, and then when they get to the major leagues, they're at a different position. Look, I don't know what Ronnie Mauricio is going to be, and he may be traded during the offseason in a package for Shohei Otani, for all I know. I mean, he could be used in a different package. I, but I don't like that answer of, well, he's a shortstop in San Francisco Lindor. That's that. Gordo Alfonso was a shortstop coming through the system. Billy Epler made a comment about, and, he, and he's mentioned this a lot, about sustainability and that improving the chances of winning a championship by 1%. Is that worth, you know, hurting yourself at a 1% clip for five years? And about, a lot about sustainability. And I get it to a degree. Like, I understand. I was never feeling good about trading top prospects unless I'm getting a top return. Like, I, as much as I wanted a David Robertson or as much as I wanted a reliever, I'm not trading Ronnie Mauricio for a reliever. I'm not trading Beatty for a reliever. So I get that. But I think what may have hurt the Mets is their lack of depth in their minor league system where they were so top-heavy. And when you've got a top-heavy system, you may be willing to trade it a, a top prospect. But you're only going to do it for a top return. And I don't know if they ever viewed the guys they were talking about as top returns. I don't know if they looked at Wilson Contreras as a two-month rental who they don't love defensively as a top return. I think that was the big issue and the big difference of opinions that the Mets had and maybe some fans had. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and this is where I will agree to disagree in the situation because I understand the fact that you do want to have prospects. You, need, you can't just sign everybody in the world. However... If you make a move for a rental Wilson Contreras and you give away a prospect for that, there is a next offseason 
where you can bring back excess and talent and you can fill the gaps that way. It doesn't all have to be done today, but you should be able to at least put yourself in a situation that betters your team for tomorrow. Look, and th- and that's where they should have. That I I'm, I'm going to I'm going to fight that tooth and nail because I'm always offensively speaking in the playoffs, the biggest thing is pitching. Yes, of course, if you have a shutdown pitcher and and that's great. But you also need to have a good offense. Oh no, no, you got to score runs. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Look, I think if they were able to pull off the Contreras deal, he was gonna feel like that perfect fit as not just an upgrade behind the plate when you catch him, but as a guy who mashes left-handed pitching, who could fit that platoon DH role well. What we don't know, and I don't know if we're ever gonna know it, is what were the Cubs asking for, and that's right. why these arguments that we all have are so difficult because we don't know. Like, we're not only debating the futures of prospects that we don't know we're going to turn into. We don't know what the ask was. The Robertson thing is is the one that really pissed me off. The, the thing that annoyed me most was you saw what David Robertson was traded for, and I think you could easily see how the Mets beat could beat that offer. By the way, Rossiel Iglesias, who's not had a great year, has years left on his deal, is making a lot of money, which fits the Steve Cohen wheelhouse of, hey, I probably won't have to give up a lot. I've just got to take on this bloated contract. Were you pissed about Iglesias? Because I was, at first I was because the Braves added a proven major league closer to their bullpen ahead of Minter and Jansen and an established bullpen that's already good. But then, you know, looking deeper at what Iglesias has done this year and the money he's making, I don't know. I don't know how freaking good he is right now. Uh, I, I'm a little upset because they have a backup for Jensen if he gets hurt again. Because Jensen, because he's been hurt right. a, a few times, so that that's that's a backup. Iglesias has had a rough few. I, listen, I haven't fantasy, so I've been a little bit extra uh, in on him every every day. His blowups have have come in, in in like a chunk, and they come in weird times, and they come in in like spots where he just you know just gives up like the, the game, whether it's a tie game or whatever it is. So. I, I trust him in big spots still. Um, and again, just, again, you bring in another arm. You give away Will Smith for Jake Odorizzi, and and then you you you, subs, you bring in somebody else to fix that bullpen. It, it just bothers him. It's like, how can everyone else, like the Yankees, they bring in Frankie Marcos. Well, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Jo- We're overrating what the Braves did, and a little bit with the Yankees, because something happened that... We'll probably get the answer to at some point to explain how the hell they took a quality starting pitcher in Jordan Montgomery and flipped them for a fourth outfielder who's on the injured list. I'm sorry, that that trade makes no sense. I think if you're just using logic here, they thought they were trading for Pablo Lopez. They they, they thought that deal was done. So while I right. think the Yankees had a really good deadline and a really good march to July 31st, I think it ended with a fumble. I'm sorry. And I, I don't know what the backstory is. We'll find out at some point. Montgomery for Bader makes no sense. And as far as Atlanta's concerned, a couple of things. And Philadelphia. I want to rip them a little bit, too. Uh, Jake Odorizzi does not scare me. I'm sorry. And I know we'll get a chance to see him. And again, save the tape. Maybe I'm going to chew on it. But Odorizzi stinks and Will Smith stinks. And as far as Philadelphia is concerned, I get, am I afraid of Noah Syndergaard? Look. Seeing Noah Syndergaard in a big game, even though the Mets and Phillies play in August, they don't play in September, I guess there's that chance. But Noah ducked the Mets in Anaheim. He wanted nothing to do with the Mets in Anaheim. Remember that mysterious 
we're going to give him an extra day of rest. He didn't want to meet the media in Anaheim and meet the New York media. F Noah Syndergaard. And Brandon Marsh ain't that good either. I have a higher on base percentage than Brandon Marsh. So I think sometimes we see the teams around us make moves and say, why don't we do that? Really? I had no interest in Brandon Marsh. I had no interest in Jake Odorizzi or Will Smith, even though he's a lefty. He stinks too. Like, I want good baseball players. And I'm not convinced the Atlanta Braves really hit the ball over the fence. I get the respect we should have for them. They've won a bunch of divisions in a row. They're the defending world champions. And they have my respect. They are a tremendous baseball team. I didn't think they hit it out of the park at the trade deadline. Do you? Uh, I think they got depth. And so the Mets. We got depth, but not enough depth. And the, the <laughs> one thing. And, and, and here's the thing is, though. We, we, we can sit there and talk about it. Albies is coming back, but um, for Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Austin Riley, there's some protection in that lineup. I don't value the Mets without protection. The Atlanta Braves, I'll give you this, the Atlanta Braves have a better lineup than the Mets. I, I agree. Runs per game is pretty much even this year, but lineup for lineup, the Braves have a better lineup. Look, Lindor is going to have to continue to be a clutch star, and he's really had a good season. I think we should just admit it. He's had so many clutch hits this year. The home run he hit on Tuesday will be forgotten about because the Mets ended up losing, but sixth inning, down a run, Lindor hits a bomb, and it seems like most of his home runs have either tied the game or given the Mets the lead. Pete has to continue to having an MVP season. Marte, Nimmo, it is going to rely, the Mets lineup is going to rely on their top four guys continuing to be as productive as they've been this year. And then getting more production, like we said, at a DH, at a third base. But this is going to be a pennant race. The Mets are in a really good division against a really good team in the Atlanta Braves. Keep an eye on this, though, because obviously San Diego made the deal for Juan Soto and Josh Bell and Brandon Drury. I give you credit, Pete. You said it last time on the Rico. Watch out for Josh Hader. And I was skeptical that the Brewers would ever trade him, and they did. And when they first traded him, my reaction, like everyone's reaction, is why not us? Why not the Mets? When you see the return that they got, I don't think the Mets could have matched that. I mean, right off the top, they got back Rodgers, who's the closer for the San Diego Padres. What the hell were the Mets going to offer? Seth Lugo? I mean, what's the equivalent (laughs) of Taylor Rodgers, honestly? Is it Seth Lugo? Is it Adam Adovino, considering the year he's having? Give him Trevor May. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, that Trevor will work. So, I, look, I would have been excited about trading for Hader, despite the struggles that he had, the one game he gave up the six runs in. I know he's been more human over the last month or so. I get it. I, I get those those issues. Adding Josh Hader ahead of Edwin Diaz would have been outstanding. But I think when you looked at that deal, it's fair to say, yeah, they weren't going to be able to match that. That's why, to me, it's easier, like I said about Robertson, it's much easier to criticize or understand a trade when it's made as opposed to the guys that weren't traded because you're dealing from a hypothetical. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, so, by the way, what, once, one sneaky move that happened about a, three weeks ago, I think it was now, that no one's talked about, and uh, he hasn't hit the majors yet, but Richard Rodriguez came off a suspension after an 80-game suspension for popping for PEDs. Yankees picked him up. I think that was a steal. I think a lot of people might not talk about that, but you talk about bulking the bullpen. They just stole somebody who was uh, the Braves traded from last year in the playoff uh, playoff race. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I, I I don't understand. The Mets had a lot of opportunity 
to look around, to, to kind of have their eyes open, and they missed on bullpen help the entire time. And now what are they supposed to do? Well, r- pray that Trevor May is good. I mean, no. that's really what it comes down to. Pray that uh, Tyler McGill comes out and is good. And look, if the Mets are in the postseason and they're in a best-of-five series of the divisional series, which they need to, if they win this division, they'll be there. You are going to see a starting pitcher out of the bullpen. Uh, And I think that'll be an interesting debate that hopefully we can have over the next few months. Who's the odd man out? And really, who could help this team out of the bullpen more? But yeah, today was disappointing. It was disappointing in terms of adding depth to the bullpen. With that said, even though I'm admitting I'm disappointed, most Met fans, at least on social media, seem to be apoplectic, apoplectic, whatever that freaking word is, pissed off, embarrassed, angry, mad. I'm not pissed off, angry, or mad. I'm disappointed. And on Thursday, when Billy Epler joins Carton and Roberts in a classy way, I will express that disappointment. Uh, We will do another pod after the finale of this series against Washington. I'm actually going to the game. We'll probably record it very late, but don't worry. It will be in your inbox to download Thursday morning guaranteed. So even if we record it at 1 a.m., it'll be there for your morning commute on Thursday. And we'll wrap up the series and also get you ready for what's a monstrous five-game series against Atlanta. Jacob DeGrom said, I'm good to go for Sunday. So barring any setbacks in the next few days, at least we know Scherzer and DeGrom facing the Atlanta Braves. Max in one of the doubleheader games on Saturday and Jake on Sunday against Atlanta. And it's only a three-game loss column lead. We'll see what happens to wrap up the Philly Braves series and what wraps up the Met National series. But as of this moment, a three-game loss column lead going into that series against Atlanta. Thank you for listening to a DeGrama's backslash people are pissed off at the trade deadline edition of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.